The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we shall come to him and make our home with him. Those who do not love me do not keep my words, and my word is not my own. It is the word of the one who sent me. I have said these things to you while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say really two things, and the first thing is sort of aimed, I guess, at our parents or the more mature uh, portion of our congregation here. Something that I've noticed, and it's it's kind of like a, I don't know, a supposition that I try and work out of, because I've noticed it as a need. What I say is we're living in a time of a crisis of narrative, a crisis of narrative. What I mean by that is we've forgotten our story. You know, where exactly in the story are we as people of faith? Does this story have any shape that makes sense? Because otherwise, things just seem random. You know, they're, just, they're just random things. They don't really connect. There's no coherence. Israel, as an ancient people, would tell themselves these stories to give themselves a bit of a blueprint. Where are we in this pilgrimage? And just like Israel, we need that as well. You know, we actually work out of the stories we tell ourselves. Psychologists will tell us that. We have scripts running in our mind that we work out of, and some of them are helpful, and some of them are really not very helpful, and we should get rid of them. Anyway, we're in the middle of a story here, and those readings are part of that. That's context. So I think in the same way that, you know, you go to a park and you see one of those big maps and you see one of those little blue arrows that says, you are here, and you can see, okay, well, if I turn left, I'll see the monkey cage, and if I turn right, I'll see the slides. Um, We have to do that as well in our journey. So if we could, I'd love us to just orient ourselves in the picture to know where we are and to know why Pentecost, of all things, makes sense. And to help us do this, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love you to repeat these phrases after me. We've got kind of seven markers that just help us orient ourselves. Is that okay? All right. So the first one is this. We are creatures with a loving creator. Can you say that for me? We are creatures with a loving creator. That's very important. You know, we didn't give rise to ourselves. Life is not about us creating ourselves. Actually, we emerge on this earth as gift. We're given to the world and we're given to ourselves. And if we can give ourselves back to God as a gift, that's a wonderful relationship to enter into. So that's our first little marker on the map. Secondly, and this only makes sense if you know Israel's story, but we'll say it. We are slaves set free, a people set apart. We are slaves set free, a people set, a, set apart. That's jarring language, isn't it? You think slaves, that's a, that's, a, that's a harsh word. But that's where Israel's story begins. They grow as a nation, as Egypt's uh, slaves. 
you know, and they have to be liberated. The same is true really for all of us in small and maybe in not so small ways. We have to be liberated from that which oppresses us and all sorts of things oppress us. Economic concerns, emotional ups and downs, the busyness of this chaotic world, the kind of badgering voice of entertainment and advertisement. We need to be liberated from that stuff. We're not to be slaves of anything, least of all that. Thirdly, and this is a, I guess a, a technical word, we are people of the incarnation. We are people of the incarnation. See, when God took flesh, when God entered history and came and took on a flesh and voice and a face like yours and mine, that's incredible. That has not happened before. For God, who is above and beyond every you know, parameter of time and space, enters into the human story and walks among us. And not only that, he's not just some historical guy in Nazareth 2,000 years ago. But the incarnation, carne means flesh. Jesus takes all of our flesh into his person. You are part of his body now, in a mystical way. But, but that's what Jesus desires. Children, you often sing those words, Jesus has no hands and feet but ours, don't you? We're his hands, we're his feet, we're his heart, we're his mind, active in the world. Because of the incarnation. Because of Christmas. We're Christmas people, really. Fourthly, and Pope Francis loves to use this phrase, we're missionary disciples. We're missionary disciples. How do you feel about that? It lays a bit of an obligation on all of us. Because a missionary works up a bit of a sweat, isn't it? Missionary goes out there and risks their, I don't know, their respect, their well-being. They put a whole lot on the line. And we're disciples. That means we have a master, you know, we have a teacher, we have an authority that we look to. The disciple kind of subordinates himself or herself to a higher law. And Jesus is that master. He speaks, he invites, um, he calls us forward, he forms us, forms our imaginations, and then puts us to work. Think back to uh, Easter, where people of the resurrection. We are people of the resurrection. You know, I wrote here we're people of the death and resurrection because there is no resurrection without death. And resurrection does a, a wonderful thing for us. Death is no longer something to fear. It's lost its entire sting. Of course, we grieve the loss of loved ones, but I think we know in faith and in hope that our journey with them continues even beyond our vision, we're still walking together. They still go with us. They still support us in some strange, mysterious way. And I think if anyone's experienced the passing of a loved one, you know what that feels like, you know, to have your loved one still somehow showing you that, they, that their love is enduring, their love is still coming to you. Second last, we are people of the ascension we are people of the ascension. I don't know if you'll remember all these words. It doesn't really matter if you don't. But this is the second last little juncture before we arrive where we are. It was just last Sunday. The church celebrated the ascension of Jesus. Jesus you know, is incarnate. He comes and walks amongst his people. He lives this 
beautiful life of example and companionship and he gives his life away and then he rises from the deepest darkness any of us could imagine he kind of conquers death itself our, our primordial dread you know the fact that I might not exist Jesus goes into that and and conquers it and for 40 days we hear that he appeared to his disciples he met with them spoke with them and he showed them the fleshiness of his resurrected body he kept telling them I'm not a ghost I'm eating the food you made touch my wounds all of this after the 40 days Jesus ascended that doesn't mean he floated up and went and sat on Saturn's rings. As, as it says in the book of Ephesians, he filled the whole universe. He kind of permeates everything that is now. So that in the ascension, we're closer to Jesus now than the disciples were when they followed him around, when they were talking with him. He's kind of knitted into us and us into him. More than that, we are the body of Christ and the head of Christ has gone up and seated itself at the right hand of God. So our head is in heaven. Part of you is in heaven now, by virtue of being a member of Christ's body. I know this is all mystical speak, but this is our faith. This is our faith, which means what's my mind filled with? What am I occupied with? Paul says it time and time again, keep your mind on the heavenly things. Don't worry about this transient world it'll pass away finally and um, maybe don't say this because I want it to be more of a meditation but we are people of Pentecost and on our little map that's where the that's where the arrow is okay we've seen our map and that's where we are Pentecost in our journey we can now look around from this point this is where Jesus says, peace I leave you. Peace the world cannot give you. will not find it anywhere else. You cannot fabricate it by any method. It's my gift to you. Receive it. He says, if you keep my word, if you keep my commands, if you stay close to me, I will be with you always. I'll make a home in you. Pentecost is now where we find ourselves on our journey. And the journey continues. If I can invite all of us, children, all of us, to close our eyes for just a second. Close your eyes and imagine, if you could, a newborn baby in all its tender fragility, precious, vulnerable, in need of nurture, in need of warm embrace. Imagine that. Today the church tells us that there is a newborn among us. And it's you. There's a newborn in our midst and it's us. And that newborn is about to breathe its first breath. It's about to draw in the breath of life from the mouth of God. Breathe it in and let life begin again. <laughs>